What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jay DeMeo, and today I am so fired up to welcome another one of our great speakers to the 2024 edition of the seminar, and that's Ohio State's Heather Mason. Heather, this has been a long time coming. This has been a person that I've wanted to get not just on the show, but on the docket for, for a very long time. Heather has done things in this vocation, not just when it comes to performing, you know, and building her athletes and growing a program and really doing it in multiple sp- uh, stops now, but also when it comes to leading the way and paving the way for so many other young coaches to be part of, you know, the great field that we all get to be in. And Heather, stoked to have you. Can't wait to have you back in Richmond this July. How you doing? I love it. Thank you so much. I'm very, very honored that you asked me to to be a part of your clinic, but also uh, to get it started with this podcast. Um, so thank you very much. Well, listen, before we get too far into this, Heather, for the three quarters of a human being who may not know who Heather Mason is, uh, how'd you get up to Columbus? You know, what do you got cooking up there and, and how have things been going? Sure. Uh, I've been at uh, the Ohio State University for six years uh, now, a little over six years. Um, My whole job, the reason why they asked me to come is to merge everything. Um, That's uh, a bit different these days. Um, You have a lot of strength departments in Power 5 schools that are split where um, football runs their own, basketball may run their own. Um, There might be a director of Olympic sports. Um, We have 39 sports we train here and um, over 1,100 athletes. So they wanted to merge everything together. Um, Gene Smith, our AD, uh, asked Coach Mar- Mickey Marotti to, um, to merge it, but he's, he's training football, and that's a, that's a big thing here at Ohio State. Um, so to, to run such a big business, he asked me to come in. So if you looked at our business model, it would be he'd be your CEO, and then I'd be your COO. So overseeing all strength and conditioning, um, all sports, and then overseeing sports science department. Very blessed. 39 sports. That's so many. Um, But as we look at that, the administrative role is great. The administrative role is exciting and new. But what I think is really awesome is even though you have 39 sports in a world where we're talking about specialization, in a world where we're talking about this is this facility and that facility. You guys are talking about bringing people together. Yes. Connecting. Um, we, we, we say stronger together than apart. And we'll, we'll talk about maximizing our leverage um, with increasing our resources. Um, and, and having so many uh, really world-class athletes training in, in all facilities um, where, where football may end up seeing women's gymnastics, end up seeing wrestlers. Um, it's just, it's phenomenal to be able to, to train, um, train alongside others that are very gifted too and talented in their own right. Um, and that's kind of how this, how, how we started, you know, I, I guess uh, late in the mid, late, late nineties, uh, early two thousands, that's the way we had it. And then all of a sudden strength departments grew out of control and, um, and uh, it was still merged, but then, but then we started um, splitting, you know, and um, I'm getting really specialized. So I think it's a, it's an awesome, awesome 
way to maximize your resources within the strength department. Right now we have 20 strength coaches um, and wow, just the knowledge. I mean, coach, it's, I come every single day. We, we actually have um, a, a, uh, a clinic. We call it our own clinic because sometimes you have clinics that are smaller, 20, 25 people. Well, we have 20, 25 people. <laughs> so, so at that time, I mean, to, to listen to some of our assistant strength coaches um, speak about different things, it's awesome. I mean, it truly, uh, I'm learning every day from everybody. And then looking at that, I mean, obviously this isn't the first program you've built and you've seen kind of this progression in this pendulum swing, right? Where it's been... Mm -hmm. For so long, it was one person who had 8, 10, 12, 15 teams. Sure. And then it was one person who has 8, 10, 12, 15 kids. Mm -hmm. What do you think is bringing that pendulum back? Not so much to each of us having 300 athletes again, which for those of you listening that are like, you can't believe that. It's the honest to God truth. That's literally how it was when we started. Yes, sir. To now having this interior collaboration between the group so that the growth of one is the growth of all. Sure. I I think um and I'm 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 sure I'm biased. I'm a buckeye bias right here. But um I feel like we've got a a, a good balance right now with what we're doing of investment in the teams. Where yes, uh, are you traveling some? Are you are you doing warm ups and cool downs and and working um, um, with um, the sports science technology? Um, are you uh, do you have athletic performance team meetings every week every month uh, with uh, your your athletic trainer, your sports psychologist, um, your sports scientist, and then your sport coach as well? And you're running those meetings. Um, you've got the great investment, but yet on the, on the other side, right next to you is another strength coach with other experiences and many years of experience from other schools. Um, and it's just, I think, um, I think it's a nice balance. Um, but as, as you just said, uh, with sport coaches, uh, they want the specialization. They want, they want folks to be with just their team. And, um, and that's the cell, right? That's, that's the um, making sure that folks, feel like they're the number one customer and they're the number one person that you serve and, uh, and always being on. And, and I think strength coaches are, are different that way. We have, um, um, a different, uh, we can flip the, the light switch on, um, when we're running a room, but we can flip it off when the sport coach, um, is in front of the team. And, um, it's a different type of personality, but, um, but I think here we, we're, we're trying to strike a blend. But also, Coach, um, another piece that I think is maybe a little bit more in, uh, um, interesting as the the sport climate and that uh, is changing um, is that you you can't we're we're really working on retention here where you can be a director of a of a facility as a, and work your way up as opposed to then and and maybe manage um, five six people um, like a smaller without going to us to another school. Um, so you can manage people, place and, and some money, um, some funds um, without necessarily having to take another job. So we're trying to create that, too. So it's not just resources becoming a better strength coaches and X's and O's, um, but also that retention factor, because as you know, I mean, you've been at, at Richmond um, for a while and they have benefited from that because um, of the of a program that is um, evolving. 
but um, the, the neural adaptation to your philosophy in your program is really important that, uh, that athletes don't change every year. So um, I think we've got a, a blend. Yeah, I think that what a lot of people, or at least some of us who have been around for a while, would say that some of the issues when it comes to the connection or disconnect with administration would probably be um, directed towards appreciation and upward growth. Mm-hmm. So when you have a position or a, a, the ability to improve professionally by improving yourself professionally, sure. the drive for growth has to be exceptional. Absolutely. And that's just when it comes to not just building camaraderie and consistency in a staff, incentivizing evolution as a professional is is sensational then. Yes. And what I'm noticing managing across the generations um, with uh, Gen X and uh, I'm a Gen X and then now you have millennials and Gen Z's and, you know, everyone's looking at things a little differently. Um, but one thing doesn't change. Everyone wants wants uh, continual growth. Kaizen, no doubt, but different um, where we may have learned um, in more of a group setting at clinics and in that piece. I think uh, some of um, our strength coaches and our Gen Z like they want to um, they want to go with where they want to go, not so much as okay, Ohio State is going to this clinic, but maybe they want to go to that clinic. <laughs> so um, so I think it's really meeting people where they are and um, allowing people uh, a voice and listening and um, being transparent with what you can do and what you want to do. and um, and I think sometimes um, that's just as successful as just being really open. Well, yeah, we say we're supposed to do that with our athletes. Why wouldn't we do that with our staff? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, that's what I believe has gotten better um, than um, over the, the 27 years or so. I think um, that I've been coaching. I think that that's what's gotten better um, is transparency um, within your staff and within departments, athletic departments. Um, you know a lot more of, of the hows and the whys um, and uh, just greater buy-in. It's not just the because I said so generation anymore. Um, it's it's learning about what's going on and, and um, whether you, you have a say of, of a solution or it's just you're understanding um, the climate. And, and I think that buy-in goes a long way into retention, but ultimately it comes back to that goal that you talked is um, it's for our student athletes. We want the best strength coach for our student athletes and we want to retain them. Um, so I, I do believe transparency is, is, um, is gold. Yeah. And I think too, that with the younger coaches, we have to remember that like, whether we want to believe it or not, we were allowed to fall on our faces because we were surrounded by a head coach or a director that let us get our, you know, let us fall in the dirt, pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off. Otherwise we wouldn't have been able to stay where we were 
for so long. Sure. Right. When we were, I mean, we're, we're both seventies babies. Like we mm-hmm. were, we were nitwits at one time too, that would do things that trip over our own feet and make mistakes in the gym and go chase the newest fad in training and make sure everybody did it and all of this, that, and the third, but understanding that that grace was allotted to us. Yes. I think is one of the big lessons for me, at least in my tenure here. And when we do bring other coaches in to help in the facility, why I try to be more patient than I have in the past, just cause mm-hmm. like, I mean, there's no getting around it, Heather moon. Let me mess up a lot. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, yeah. there's no way I wouldn't be here if you didn't, you know? So it's, it, you got to extend that grace and allow them to chase the rabbits that they're going to chase. Even if it takes them somewhere that they're going to end up being like, well, that was dumb. Well, you learned. Right. 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 With the, you know, without the casualty of, uh, of an athlete getting hurt, no doubt. And, and you and I know back in the day, athletes did get hurt. Things did happen and we did have grace. You are exactly right. I haven't thought about that in a really long time, but you're exactly right. Um, and, um, coach Marathi still, um, is working with me. Uh, and so, so you put it together. Um, I think that that's important to realize these days with, um, with our cell phones, with cameras and videos, and uh, it's we're a big fishbowl. We are a big fishbowl. What we say and what we do, how we do it. Um, you're you're absolutely right. It's a different. It's a it's a different journey for folks that are getting in the field now. Yeah, and I think that one of the big lessons that we can provide to people, and not that I'm saying that we're to the point yet where we can say back in our day, because I still think we're in the middle of our day. I thank you. Whether whether everyone listening to this will agree or not, I don't care. Um, We are still in our heyday. Let's go. I think that, you know, what, what we've been able to do is see these ebbs and flows, these growths and changes, these evolutions to the vocation, the, the different fights that may or may not still continue on social media that may or may not be the same thing that's just recycled. And I think that us living through that and and that point that you brought up is a great way to lead into the big three. So let's get right into these, Heather. Okay. So, I mean, obviously the first one leading into that, you know, that as, as someone who has been fortunate to have had a tenure in this profession and been able to, teach so many people and and see so many things grow discuss with us a mistake that you may have seen made by strength coaches whether it be in america or around the world and how do you feel like we could do things a little differently to solve those issues um mistakes is a hard word it's a it's a harsh one but um i'll something that i've seen um just hiring many people um over the years and with the, the rise in social media being a, a, an educational resource. And I believe that you can use it very, very well. And I think, yeah, you can use it um, not so well. Uh, when folks go down a rabbit hole that that's their own, that's the only educational resource. I think we, um, I think that might be 
uh, a mistake, um, following a, a, a fad, um, or someone just saying, this is what I do and this is what, what, um, what works. Um, and you and I know you go into, um, and, and see someone work in, in a weight room, see them train their team. Um, you, you then know their resources, you know, how it's set up, you know, how they're moving the athletes through, you know, the schedule, you know, the experience of the coaches that are with them to be able to complete, um, that workout and what that looks like. Um, it looks wonderful on paper, uh, but not necessarily can everyone run that. Um, you have different sport coaches everywhere, um, different practice plans, different periodized plans. So not necessarily is a textbook perfect either, but, um, but I do believe having social media um, being right at your fingertips and that your only educational uh, resource, I think that's, um, that's a tough sell for me um, as opposed to in-person um, experiences uh, whether we're in person today, you know, we're on podcast, I'm learning from you. I think, I think um, learning from people and, and talking real, I think that's important, but I'm going to give one mistake that uh, I'll use as a mistake. I'll say that uh, a mistake here, but it's more administration um, in college. When, um, when you fire a strength coach, um, just based upon the head coach got fired because of a record, potentially, if that's the only reason, um, those athletes get hurt. Um, the relationships built their bodies that, like we talked about earlier, nearly adapting to programs and, um, and building on that and maximizing their physical development in four or five years, if they're there. Uh, I think that's so important. And I think it's overlooked just because a head coach brought you in. Um, and, and that part, that part, uh, makes me sad for families. It makes me sad for people. Um, it makes me sad for somebody's career um, that that um, maybe more isn't looked at on on the performance of what they do and, and maybe given more of an opportunity to stay, uh, give them a year or so, him or her, you know, saying that um, either or, right? Uh, I'd like to see that change. Yeah, I think that, you don't see it on the medical side as often. And I think that all too often too, like whether it's the right answer or the wrong answer, you sometimes see strength coaches used as the scapegoat in a situation where things are not good. Um, as a matter of fact, I can remember the exact conversation. It was our second year. We're in the locker room and another sport coach whose name I will not mention right now said to my head coach hey you know things don't turn around just get rid of jay you'll buy yourself two years that and uh i needless to say my opinion of the man has changed um <laughs> after that conversation i'm like right. bro, i'm right here but anyway right. um i think the first point is one that people need to look at more and i i think i would piggyback it with I get on soapbox rants with people and throw books at people all the time when it comes to finances, because I think that the better we can do with money, because as a group, I think strength and conditioning coaches are not good with it at all. We're mm -hmm. good at complaining about it, pointing the thumb there, but we're not mm -hmm. good at handling it. And it's something that it took me a long time to deal with. And one of the things that you always talk about in finance and, and your money is diversification, right? Mm -hmm. 
is not putting all your eggs in one basket. And I think that people, because Instagram or TikTok, I don't, I don't know anything about TikTok. So I'm just assuming it's like it, or for us, like Facebook and X or Twitter, whatever you're calling it now, there's so many things that are so quick and so easy to grab that you don't diversify your education. Mm -hmm. And that's important, you know, like not just podcasts, even though you're listening to one right now, not just, you know, events, because hopefully people are going to be, you know, that are listening are going to be with us in Richmond in July, you know, getting on the road and hanging out. Like when, when you do travel, right. like, right. It can Use be more it. than a cup of coffee at, at mid court, right. you know, and it, diversifying Absolutely. that's important. I, th I believe in it. I believe in it. And, and I think now is, uh, again, if you can strike the balance with all of it, it's so much better than it was when you're, you're sending people VHS tapes, you know, I mean, let's be honest. That's how we started with, with books and, um, and VHS tapes. And now um, you have everything right there, but just, um, putting all your eggs in one basket. I think we're, we might be losing a little bit there with, with some of our, our, uh, uh, more savvy strength coaches um, that grew up with tech. Yeah. And I think that while there is definitely some value to it, and I mm -hmm. think that there Very is much. definitely some ways that it can help. I think that only using one modality to do anything, like your, your workout would not just be with a dumbbell. Like, so why yeah. should your learning just be with an iPhone? Sure. But I think that's also a great lead into the second one, Heather. And that's, you know, talking about continuing education, you know, what advice would you give a coach when it comes to improving these lines and in, in their knowledge base, whether it be scientific or practical information, how do you think coaches can grow and improve that at a higher level? Well, I, I mean, I think you go old school still too. I mean, with books, but, um, and, um, it's interesting because uh, quite a few of our staff, if they had a go-to book, uh, is definitely the science and practice of strength training, um, uh, with Dr. Kramer and Dr. Uh, uh, Zatzorski, uh, if I say that correctly, and Dr. Fry. Um, I, I believe that 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 uh, Dr. Kramer, I've really gotten to know him quite a bit in the last year and a half. He's been a um, a, a consultant with us, um, our our strength and conditioning, our sports science department. Um, and so he, he does presentations, um, for us through zoom and then he'll visit a couple times a year. And, um, so it, that's the best of both worlds where you have someone that is studying and, um, has done the research, but, and you have him in person and you're talking with him and asking questions, um, uh, and giving him, um, tangible information that is happening right now with your program, um, in your sport, um, and having him ask those, answer those questions, but then you, you have something as so stable as, um, the knowledge from, from the book, you know? So I, I, like I said, I, I like your word diversify. I think that that's really important to do. Yeah. And I think that one thing that you mentioned earlier that I think is really neat is allowing that individualism to the education of these young coaches. Mm -hmm. And I think that allowing people to find their niche in a world where we're forcing so much specialization, um, 
is is vital. Sure, I do. I really do. I think that that's a connection point um, for strength coaches out there. Is the growth? The growth, um, I, I believe, is one of the um, the largest pieces in retention and developing a great team. If you keep changing strength coaches out there, that's not that's that's very difficult for for the athletes. Um, but it's also difficult for you. You're reteaching, you're onboarding, and that's a lot of time, and that that decreases productivity and efficiency. Yeah, and that's again like when you're talking about all these things, and again going back to the finance idea of diversification, but also then we're looking at streamlining. Like what mm -hmm. what can you do to compound and to grow and to to make gains without having to trade time. And the more you have to flip these things and do these extra things, the more time you're wasting, the more expensive it is. And those are a lot of the things that people don't think about when it comes to staff turnover. You know, that there's so many, what's the word I want? I like, innocent bystanders is what I can come up with, but that's probably a terrible and wrong statement. Like they go down with the ship when it's mm -hmm. like, you got to cover this. So you can't do that. you got to meet with these people. So you couldn't do something else. And now all of a sudden the seven, eight, nine hours now turns into 10, 11, because you have to cover and do these extra things, which makes everyone less efficient, which makes everyone less capable, which makes everyone, you know, all the things that are negative as opposed to finding ways to continue to grow, drive, show appreciation and provide for them to progress professionally, to keep these balls moving in the proper direction. The whole flywheel idea, right? Sure. So I think that that then, Heather, how you guys are building that, how you guys are growing with that. That's fantastic. I think that's something that's that a lot of people can learn from and a lot of people can bring to their, their departments because it's obviously it's unique to what you're doing, but it's not something that is so unique and so outlandish that it can't be scaled. Sure. But with that in mind, let's get you out of here with a third question. July, 2021 of 2024 what can we expect from Heather Mason at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar? A lot of passion and enthusiasm. I'm super excited to, to be with strength and conditioning coaches. That's what I do. That's what I love. I don't want to do anything else. Um, I just want to make our profession better and, um, and, and talk shop. But um, I, I think um, during um, my presentation, um, we'll probably center more so on what I, what I like to call changing the game. Um, Strength coaches, we what we what we do are the X's and O's, and being with athletes that and the um, building relationships that's so important for us. Um, and sometimes we look at um, that being th that everybody should look at it the same way we do. Um, that that's the most important thing. But administrators sometimes don't look at it that way. They look at are you revenue generating. Um, what are you giving? What are you giving to that 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 administration? Um, um, they they know your athlete facing. There's a, there's a piece of that, but I think there's ways that we can build our budget. Um, that's not just asking for dollars, but also there are ways that we can ask for dollars. And I believe that there are um, negotiating um, tips that that I believe um, 
I'll try to share. And that may assist folks in having that conversation that might be difficult for them. Um, and, and it's important that, that especially if they're managers, supervisors, um, uh, directors that, that, uh, of people, that, that they become comfortable because um, they're in charge of someone else's livelihood too. And to be able to talk with administrators on someone else's salary and talk to them on why, how to change that job description to, uh, to present itself to an administrator and, and human resource director, um, what they need to see to, to that, that pay band or, or that uh, career road mapping, whatever your school may be calling it and how that looks and what that looks like and potentially give tips on that. Um, and then also um, other uh, ideas maybe on how to grow your budget. I think that might be important um, maybe outside the box uh, of just the X's and O's. We know we love to talk about it and, and I think it's extremely important, but um, maybe bring something a little different to the table there. Absolutely fantastic. And giving back years of knowledge and learning through probably banging your head into a wall quite a few times when it comes to those sort of situations to help grow the vocation, to help coaches, to help the younger coaches in, be in a better position, to help them continue to grow, develop, and evolve uh, is is absolutely priceless. And I really hope people are as excited as I am to have you here in July. But before I let you go, I got to make sure that while I have you here, we definitely say a thank you to Charles Stevenson, because if it wasn't for what he did, that's right. Uh, that first year down in Raleigh, we never would have crossed paths and never wouldn't have been fortunate of being able to meet you, Heather. So this is just another great thing that Charles has done. Um, so Charles, there's some free marketing for you and your event, my friend. Yeah, you've you've put together people all over the world, and it's something we strive to do here too. But uh, you know, Heather, I can't thank you enough. This is a great thirty minutes, and not just thank you for your time today, and thank you for being part of the event, but thank you for making everything that we do better. You know, you've you've been a big impact on me professionally. The things that you do continue to drive our vocation in a positive direction forward. And we would not be where we are today. And we would not be in the direction we are going without you. I can't thank you enough. Coach, I really appreciate you. And we're, we're definitely stronger together than apart. Uh, Charles Stevenson, um, he, he is the happiest strength coach I have ever met. And, <laughs> no doubt. and he, he is, <laughs> and he, uh, he is the best connector. And, um, and you're exactly right. I, you, you got to pay homage to him. And uh, he has one of the, the best, um, um, symposiums out there so that's uh we, we were very very fortunate no so doubt. thank you very much yeah well thank you appreciate your time coach we'll be in touch soon terrific bye-bye and as always thank you for everything y'all do for us here at central virginia sport performance we'll be back next week with another awesome guest we will see you then <laughs>